now you'll be pleased to know you're not about to hear another middle-aged white man pontificate about abortion pros and cons. But I will talk about the effect of the ruling. Yeah, right through the weekend, as soon as the decision came down, I didn't think I was going to be talking about uh, this this ruling on the radio. I thought it was not my place. But things things changed over the weekend. Uh, that Christopher Luxton felt compelled to make a public statement on the future of this country's laws based on a decision made in another sovereignty with a completely different system just shows the empathy and polarity behind the abortion issue. Now, look, just look at this dispassionately for a bit. The decision is not a surprise. Republicans have been working towards this outcome for years. And when it comes to getting the right Supreme Court judges in place, we're talking very long games. All politicians in America play these games. The Democrats play the game as well, which is why there was so much pressure on Ruth Bader Ginsburg to resign during Obama's tenure, but she didn't. And the fact that she passed away under Trump meant that he had the card to play in a game we could call Stack the Supreme Court. Now, as an outsider, I'm always amazed about this game called Stack the Supreme Court. I'm amazed at the political influence in choosing the Supreme Court in the United States because it flies against their four pillars of democracy and society. The American four pillars are the judiciary, the executive, the legislative, and the media. So the judges... The executive, that's the president's office. The legislative, that's the House of Representatives, Congress and Senate. And of course, the media is the media. They all need to work properly. They all need to hold each other to account, but they all need to operate separately. But allowing the legislative and executive wings to have power in choosing the judiciary, that kind of all goes out the window, really, doesn't it? reason I'm talking about it today is it resonated in the country. Because at the issue, at the center of this issue, is a state's power over an individual's body. And of course, we've been through this with vaccination mandates. So over the weekend, I hosted an unvaccinated friend of my son's at my place. We spent a lot of time together. And eventually, the conversation turned to the issue, his motives and his concerns. And I have to say, it was an emotional and compelling night. And uh, obviously... I understood that he feels like a second-class citizen in this country for choosing not to vaccinate himself. And he asked me, of course, how can a government tell us? We have to have something injected into our bodies, which is the same thing that's happening in America. How can a government tell us what we can do with our bodies? And, of course, it is a valid question. Now, when it comes to New Zealand and the vaccination mandates, and I'm on record on saying this right the way through, my way of reasoning the, the VAX mandate at the time was it was a short-term measure to get the VAX rates up. I felt the mandate was necessary to get to a minimum level of immune resilience to the virus, and that resilience was needed to minimise transmission times and to maximise survival rates, and that the VAX mandates would motivate everyone to do this in the shortest frame frame uh, time frame, except those with a deep-rooted reservation against vaccination. They obviously needed to have some mitigation in the end, which is why I always thought this had to be a temporary measure. I couldn't imagine it being a measure that lasted permanently. I thought it would be a temporary, a temporary measure. Once we reached 90% vaccination, I thought, right, mission accomplished. Mandates would ease. And mostly they have. Except for health workers. A sector suffering huge workforce shortages. And over the course of this weekend, I found it hard to reconcile the fact 
that all New Zealanders can enter the country unvaccinated, but an unvaccinated New Zealand doctor from this country cannot work to help make other people healthy, even though they are healthy themselves. Why not? Some may argue it's the government's desire for control. I don't. I've never thought them to be that organised. I think it's yet another job that's fallen through the crack and nobody knows who's supposed to deal with it and somebody ought to deal with it and they ought to deal with it today. Because as we all know, lives and livelihoods were taken surely on the premise that they would be returned. And if they are going to be returned, I think right now is good.